it was a tough one to start the game and an even tougher one to end the game as the Chicago Bears fall to the Minnesota Vikings 29 to 22. The Bears now at two and three, Minnesota moving to four and one. And we are here to break it all down on the sports cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, Paul Shibari throughout the entire show talking White Sox and Tony LaRussa. I'm your host, Mike Mercado. We hope you're each enjoying your Sunday, even though the Bears drop this game in Minnesota. Some quick numbers before we get to some conversation. Justin Fields, 15 for 21, 208 yards and a touchdown. On the rushing side, Justin Fields, eight carries for 47 yards. David Montgomery coming back from injury, 12 rushes for 20 yards. Khalil Herbert, four rushes, 11 yards. And on the receiving game, spread apart a little bit, but most importantly, we saw Darnell Mooney with two huge passes but alas one of the kids smith marset gets stripped at the end the bears get robbed of an opportunity to see what they can do in the red zone with just about a minute and plus left at the end of the game but bears lose this one a lot of good a lot of bad marvelous Mm -hmm. where are you after this game are you optimistic pessimistic are you more down the middle than ever where were you after watching this Bears game against the Minnesota Vikings? Obviously, the, there's been plenty of conversation about the passing game, and now it was the passing game that exceeded expectations and the running game did not. You know, Montgomery was back, and like you say, he only got, you know, he, he didn't do very much. He had uh, 20 yards and 12 carries. And then Her- Herbert, four carries, 11 yards. I mean, it's, it's really too bad. They needed that varied attack, but it was good to see Mooney's two catches for 52 yards and, and whatnot, and you know, I, we, we've been talking about this, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Maybe they, they go three and three with the commanders coming up. But it's, uh, it's you know, anybody that thought this was going to be a playoff team, it's not going to happen, it looks like. And the field's experiment <laughs> continues. I mean, there's gonna be, it's like every every week there's more and more. It's like, it, Chicago's that way. There's like five articles about the Bears. And every Monday, it's, you know, it's a, everybody has an opinion. You know, opinions are like, you know what. So <laughs> but in, in terms of my opinion, that, you know, what did I say? Seven and nine, six and 10. So they're, yeah. they're on target. So uh, it, it, it's not a team that, that, that makes you jump out of your seat this year. I mean, I'd like to see a little bit more innovation still, like I said before, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And the Vikings uh, won the game. And the, again, the Packers lost, which is always good to see too. <laughs> it, it just goes to show how random the NFL is. You're looking around all the scores today. When you're listening to this on the sports cubicle, you'll have an idea of how Sunday night football is going. And it's just showing how the league is so down the middle. There's so much parody. And just to give you guys an idea, uh, the bears were down in this game. What? 21 to three. I mean, it was, it was a crazy thing. And Kirk cousins going 32 for 41, 296 yards, a touchdown, an interception, but willing to give you the game. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, 18 for 94 and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, 12 for 154. This is something we mentioned, and I think anybody who watches Bears football saw coming, is this defense is just so vulnerable. It's so young when it comes to its secondary. It has injuries, no Jalen Johnson, and then you're looking at this run defense that has not been able to stop anybody. And in the NFL, there are a lot of good running backs, but the Bears have played some of the top-tier guys in this industry, and they've been burned when it comes to either great receivers or great running backs. So say what you will about 
the offense. This defense hasn't carried its part of the load. It hasn't carried it hasn't carried its end of the bargain. Now there has been times where I think here in Chicago we're more willing to give a lot of leeway to the defense because there's been so many years where the defense carried this franchise. But this Bears team needed the defense, and they did make adjustments in the second half, but it's needed them to make a big-time interception, to take something to the house, and it hasn't done that. It is falling strictly on Justin Fields. How many times over the last few years, Marvelous One, you and I have come here, and it's down to Justin again. It's down to Justin again, and he just doesn't have enough talent around him. This play right here, Pettis drops two balls that were right on his hands. And look, I don't know if that makes a difference of a game. I, You know, Pettis obviously isn't Justin Jefferson, but in the NFL, when you have that play, you have to make it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and the thing is, too, I thought I, I would have bet against Cook not getting 100 yards. He ended up, bare, you know, 96 or something, mm. 94. But I mean, Cousins put it up 41 times, 32 completions, 296 yards. Now it's now it's a secondary we're going to be crying about. <laughs> yeah. So. I, what do you think that is? Do you think that's is it strictly just roster manipulation, roster construction that this that Ryan Pace and Matt Eberflus and well, excuse me, the Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy era compared to what the Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus era is that they just had no choice but to blow this up and that they're just hoping that they can survive, that Justin can survive. He develops a little bit, which we I think we did see some development in the second half of this game, but mm -hmm. also trying to just figure out what random talent they could keep on, that this isn't going to be the Bears team. Think about all the turnover from last year to this year. There's going to be just as much turnover next year. Do you think this is strictly roster construction? Is this coaching? Is this the quarterback? Where If you could try after five weeks to put fit, pinpoint where all where we can just narrow it down, what is it? Is it just the construction of this roster? Well, if we weren't a major, if we weren't a major market, we'd be the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe. And they, they're not, there aren't like five different reporters reporting at it, so it doesn't magnify it as much. But you know, in, in all, I mean, it tells you something. Where the most tackles were made by Jones, Gordon, and Jackson. Mm, there Eight you tackles, go. And, and you know, and seven for Morrow. You know, so right there, that's 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 bad news. And then, how many sacks did they get? One. Yeah, they, they were not sending a lot of pressure. They weren't making Kirk uh, have happy feet. And it seemed like they made they definitely made adjustments in the in the second half. But you know, and even for the Bears, you know, only two sacks allowed, one sack allowed for Minnesota. But there were, yeah. I think, more than anything, it was also the penalties, right? That you saw just biting the Bears in the butt, and including that play when uh uh Justin Fields essentially scores a touchdown, changes the momentum of it, correct? Right. Absolutely. Penalties are definitely killers. I mean, it's a, it's a sad, it's a, you know, it's always at the worst time, of course. So that's what, that's what happens. You know. Are you more, are you more optimistic about this coaching staff after a few weeks? I feel like we could start grading these guys more critically, whether it's the players or whether it's the GM or the coach. And one thing that just aggravated me, and we haven't talked about it here on the Sports Cubicle as we break down the Chicago Bears loss to the Minnesota Vikings, 29-22, to moving to 2-3 and on the season. It's a Sports Cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shivari, throughout the entire show, uh, Mike Mercado. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. But that penalty to start the game, marvelous one. I, I try to be fair, and I try not to get overly emotional, especially so early in a game. But when the first play of you getting the ball, you don't have enough men on the field and you get a delay of game. And then how many bad penalties from receivers and offensive line? I mean, Mustafer, I, this is, is that coaching? 
yeah. is that the players? Where do you land on that when you see mistakes like that? It's, it's, it's obviously ultimately on the players because they need to be where they're supposed to be. I mean, I, there are other penalties that I, you know, sometimes when Fields passes and he looks like he's going to scramble, I think they have an ineligible receivers downfield, honestly. So, I mean, there are mistakes that aren't even caught. I mean, they only had, what, six penalties. So, I mean, it wasn't their worst day. They had six, yeah, six penalties for 41 yards. So, I mean, it was just the timing of them, actually, that was the issue. So, uh uh, I, in terms of, I think that I, I'm still willing to give the, the new regime a chance because, you know, it's, you know, what are we in five games in? So, I right. mean, it's too soon to really make an overall judgment, but I do think that, that, that they're better at, at making adjustments. There's been games where they did successfully create some life where there wasn't any, you know, uh, San Francisco, for example, and, and, uh, you know, and that. So, and Houston. So, I mean, there, there are games where they, they do come to life, but against a, a, an average or better than average opponent, <laughs> it, it, it's, they haven't shown a lot of spark. I mean, I guess San Francisco is a better than average opponent than who they beat, but uh, so uh, it's, it's really hard to say, you know, they, they come up and they'll beat somebody. Maybe they'll beat New England or somebody who knows. I mean, you never know. <laughs> well, I think you bring up a, 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 an interesting thing with who knows who they're going to beat. I think that's what's important. We're, we're going to be critical on the coaching staff. I do think it's important to also bring up, they don't quit on that Eberflus. This is a team that is full of professionals, whether they will be on rosters next year, whether they're good professionals when it comes to other talents, they're a team of professional athletes. They go out there and they play the best of their ability. Whether that means they are good enough to execute the plan, that's a different conversation. I can live with somebody not be talented enough if they're trying, if they're not doing dumb things. And this is the type of game where I learned the fortitude of this regime, this coaching staff, this quarterback, and some of these players. This is a game they had no business being in. We were talking last week that this – what was going to happen? Justin Jefferson was going to go off. Dalvin Cook was going to go off. That crowd is going to be crazy. It's a team coming back from London that's feeling good about themselves. And everything was kind of playing out that way. But this team found a way to make the adjustments, which is something they didn't do underneath Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And they played a game all the way to the end. And even the last play where you have a young wide receiver who's just trying to do something a little too extra against his former team. It sucks. This isn't a guy who's going to be on your team next year. This is not a guy who's going to affect the future of the Bears. It affects the moments in in time that we're living in where it's upsetting. But even then, it was a guy trying to make an extra play, trying Mm -hmm. to get an extra yard. And I think that in itself is kind of a, 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 a telltale of this team that whether or not they're going to win games is different than they're going to play hard. They may lose by 15 points. They might be able to cover the spread. Right. They're going to be in that game. They're going to make you feel like they're in that game. Yeah, well, I, you know, I didn't get to hear the uh, post game remarks like I usually do, and uh, by by the coach or the quarterback and that kind of thing. So I, I just wonder what they had to say because um, sometimes that's indicative of of what they're thinking. You know, to really hear them speak. So um, I'd be interested to hear that. I'm going to listen to that later. Well, let me ask you this: as a coach, as a scout, as somebody who's covered so much of Chicago sports and what do you think would be the messaging from the coaching staff after this game? If you're mm-hmm. Matt Eberflus, if you're Luke Getze, what are you telling Justin, Khalil, Montgomery, uh, a, a Darnell Mooney, a Kokeman? What are you telling them 
in this effort, are you telling them this was as good of a game as we can if we just don't make so many mistakes like we didn't? What do you say as a coach, as a scout, to some of these guys after this type of game? Well, publicly, what, what you say, and he's done this in the past, is we're making progress, you know, <laughs> and, and sometimes he actually gives specifics, you know, doing better tackling or, you know, or a passing game shows a lot of life. So those are some of the things I would expect him to say. And now we just got to combine it and put it all together and then finish. You know, those, those are the kinds of things. That, and, and he actually does handle press conferences way better, better than his predecessor. I will say that, you know, he, does, he, does, he gives a better vibe and a better presentation, I think. I, I think what's interesting is when you see what's happening with Brian Dayball in New York and what's yeah. happening here in Chicago with Matt Eberflus is there's obviously going to be comparisons because both guys are interviewing for these jobs. And we're seeing right now how New York is out there beating the Packers and the bears and they're doing it with a, a, a hobbled uh, Daniel Jones. But I think five weeks in you've talked about how he, ha- he, he holds himself to a standard. He speaks well, and he he's out there not being so coy with the media. Do you think that Chicago five weeks in buys in more with Matt Eberflus or less after the few games that you see? Do you think even in a loss, this was the best type of loss they could have had? I think that the, with the Nagy, that he lost some of the players in, you know, in the last year. I think that, that Eberflus has, the players have his back more. And I think that they're, you know, that they, for example, even when Fields is asked about you know, the plays, he says, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I do, I execute the plays, you know, he's, and he doesn't say that somebody made, made a bad decision. He says, these are the plays and I execute them. You know, he could say they were crappy plays <laughs> or whatever, but, but so I think that they're, that they have a better cohesion and a better feeling as, a, a, you know, no I in team kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to hit on this before we kind of take a quick look into next week. But what did you think about going for it on the two point conversion? And what did you think about the onside kick? I'll tell you this much about the play calling. We did talk a lot of smack about the play calling the last few weeks, whether you liked them or didn't. I do enjoy the fact that they were aggressive, that they did put Justin out there and, and whether it's credit to Justin or the, the, the coaching staff or a little bit of both, it felt like they were more aggressive and more importantly, Justin felt like he was comfortable, that he was decisive, whether they, again, whether the play was made, they, they, they threw it up the field like Josh Allen did for 97 yards. Like it just looked like he was in control. Did you <laughs> notice that, that the play calling was more aggressive and Justin felt yeah. more decisive under pocket. I did. And it seemed like he had a little bit better protection Mm. Uh, than, than I was used to, which is maybe counterintuitive because they were they didn't have one of their regulars. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, uh, it's hard to say if that's uh, you know going to go forward like that. But uh, he, he does need to, you know, be he needs time, yeah. unfortunately. And t- I guess that takes us to 2023. <laughs> and, and again, it's just another year of development. You just need to see certain steps. And I think one thing, a step that we saw in this one was. The way he's in the pocket, this time around, he moved a little bit to the right, a little bit to the yeah. left. He moved the pocket with him. It wasn't just a strict, I'm going to roll out. Oh, I feel pressure. I'm just going to make. No, everything's felt like there was a reason behind it. Like, oh, I know what they want from me. Mm-hmm. I know the play call that they're trying to make me do. I know where my guy should be. He just needs to come down with the ball. And I think for a lot of people, that's huge. Yeah, I, I don't know if this works in the pros like it does in college, but you see 
athletic running quarterbacks, he'll put a fullback on the, right behind the line and the, and, the, and the athletic quarterback will run in that direction and the, and the fullback and the line will blow open a hole. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, that seems pretty basic to me and I don't care if it's obvious that he's running that way, but if you can knock some people down, who cares? Yeah. You know, so I, I wanted more uh, field running plays. I mean, I don't want him to get, you know, broken down or anything, but I think he has a skill set. And I'm remembering at Ohio State where this was true, that they'd have planned running plays and, and they had, you know, the blocking. And that's the key. If you get a hole and you can get through it, then, you know, he's going to gain big yards. So, you know, and you got to have that threat, I think, more so than what they've uh, demonstrated. I agree. And I think at the end of this game, it's still a loss. It's a game that you could have won. It's a game you had no business being in at the end of it. It just, you feel that way because you put yourself back into that game. I will say, use this as a building block. This is the NFL. You're always so close. You're you're in these games. And speaking of that, next week, quick turnaround, Thursday night football over at Bezos land in Amazon Prime. It is the Bears and the Commanders. <laughs> the Bears are going to win this game. Because both teams kind of stink in different ways, and they're both going in different directions. I think the Bears win this game. I'm fascinated to watch Thursday Night Football invested this type of way now. I've enjoyed the Thursday Night Football broadcast, even though we had that horrible play with Tua. And there's been some some ups and downs with the new stream. But I, I love Herb Street. I like Al Michaels. I think, you know, Al Michaels, obviously one of the goats. Herb yeah. Street was really good for college football. I think he does his job and he does his research and his, and his homework for the NFL. But it's a game. The Bears should win. There's not a lot of scariness. You could talk about Gibson and Robinson and McLaren, but really it's still Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. Shout out to Chico. But the Bears should win this game. Right. If, if those of you that don't know, you don't have to worry about streaming this one. It's going to be on good old WFLD. Uh, there you, you know, go Thursday night so uh, everybody will be able to watch that so uh, we'll get to hear uh, do you believe in miracles doing that <laughs> uh, one of the greats of, like you say the goat uh, and it still is hard to see him there and buck and ESPN you know I'm still getting used to that as little <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> but that's what's happened they're, they're moving for their 20s and millions of dollars and oh yeah yeah <laughs> just wait till Brady gets his just Brady. wait until Brady gets his money that's gonna be something who do you yep. think wins this game on Thursday who do you got I know we're just coming off of this one but and you haven't heard the coaches yet no injury report but a quick turnaround a lot of rest yep. days who do you got on Thursday night and I've had I had the Bears winning this game in my projections for the season so I'll stick with that so I think that's what's going to happen and uh, uh and I think that they uh they will combine that passing game. And I think Washington will allow them to have a little bit of passing, a little bit of running based upon the history for Washington this year. So that will be good to see that. So uh, uh, I, I hope it will be a good night for the Bears on Thursday night. It'd be great for them to get a win on Thursday after this type of game on a Sunday and have, what, 10 days off until the next game. I, unless I don't I don't believe they're on the Monday night the following week. But the idea that you get a long-term break, you get to go to film and have two games that right. look good if you win against Washington, I think that's really important. And I think it's really important that we're able to see development each and every week. We know yeah. we all want wins because it's the NFL, but if we get this, if we get this that you can hold on to, be like, oh, okay, this is good, this is good, and this is good. Because just two weeks ago, Trevor Lawrence was the truth. And now yeah. Jacksonville's having a hard time, right? So mm-hmm. we know these are baby steps. But Marvelous One, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on this post game. The Marvelous West Coast Hollywood Marvelous, him and the missus finally taking a well-deserved, <laughs> yeah. well-needed vacation. Amen. Amen. And listen. Yeah. 
if, if the Bears had won this game, it would have been a three-way tie for first. Can you uh, believe it? No, see, we didn't need to know that. You talk about trick-or-treating this time of month. That was almost a treat for all of us. But thank right. you, each and every one. We hope okay. you guys enjoyed this post-game show. Marvelous one is going to hey. go sunbathing and watching some football the rest of this yeah. Sunday. Go Chargers. Go Chargers. We hope Go you Padres. Yes, we hope you each have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Yes, we have you. a jet-packed show today. Total Larusa okay. out. The White Sox now looking for a new manager. Paulie and Devin will break that all down. We will be yes. back here next week as we recap the Thursday night game between the Washington Commanders and your Chicago Bears, hopefully after a victory. We want to know all your thoughts about this game, this comeback, but them falling just a little bit short to the Minnesota Vikings, 29 to 22, moving to two and three. We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. It's the marvelous one, Hollywood, Dan Marver. <laughs> it is Paulie Dangerous, Paul Shivari. It is Devin Tingle. I'm Mike Mercado. Please take care of yourself, take care of each other. We will see you next time.